Hello, did you miss us? I missed you. Welcome back to Philly's Therapy for the first time in two weeks. Hope you had a lovely holiday weekend here in America around Memorial Day. Joined with the world's most famous Syracuse alum, Matt Gelb, I am the world's most famous University of Scranton alum, Paul Boyer. This is Philly's Therapy, a Philly's podcast, ostensibly, about the 25 and 29 for the third straight year, Philadelphia Phillies who, as we get deeper into this season, as June is now breathing down our necks, we're recording this on May the 31st, things still seem a little bit stuck. Say that five times fast. Uh, As mentioned, 25 and 29, not going to get it done. That is not leading the division. The Phillies are six and a half games back of the Atlanta Braves as we record. They just dropped a rather meager two-hit effort against the Mets. Yesterday, their first game back after an off day on Monday, Bryce Harper did not play, even though he had an opportunity to be the tying run as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning. Didn't happen. Matt, the Phillies went five and seven since we last recorded, which feels about right. Uh, They are sitting in fourth place in the division. They are pretty dangerously close to the Nationals. They're only two and a half games up of the Nationals right now. Um, and we're getting about to that point where last year things magically clicked into gear. Joe Girardi was let go. Rob Thompson took over and the Phillies took off. But well, do you think they can count on that happening again this year? Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, they were 25 and 29 last year, obviously it's the third year in a row now. Mm-hmm. Last year they got their 25th win. It was that come from behind walk off against the angels. It was Thompson's third game as manager mm. and uh Stott hits a walk-off homer and mm. I'm wondering Paul do you, do you I don't know if you can remember how you felt uh you know it was <laughs> the Phillies were 11 back very much further back than they are right now do you feel better or worse right now about this 25 and 29 than you did last year's 25 and 29 well it is a great question because if we're using that as the measuring stick which is unreasonable of course you can't expect everything to happen like it did last year because that year ended up being kind of magical i remember the the exact moment you're talking about i i did a hit with pat gallon on cbs right around the time that series ended and nice i remember brag. i did oh, oh thank you yeah um i remember remarking to him something along the lines of this was something storybook, you know, because Harper had a had a, a key hand in. I, I think he he ended up tying the game shortly before uh, Stott ended up walking it off. Harper had a hand in, you know, this storybook kind of come from behind. Like you started to feel as though something was really changing. Like maybe they really got the message, and okay, this could be the start of something. And of course, it ended up being exactly that. I don't really get that feeling right now. No, because there hasn't been that that key moment where things have really felt like they've started to turn around. You know, you look at somebody like Trey Turner, right? You you keep waiting for him to really just take off, right? Like I was hoping at the end of the, or right in the middle, actually of the Atlanta series, that something was really starting to click in. He was starting to hit the ball a little bit harder. You know, he picked up a couple of doubles. Things seemed like they were looking all right, you know, And, and you keep wanting it to be that time. 
and then he fell flat in the final uh, the series finale and he had no for last night and it hasn't really quite picked up and it just feels like that's a microcosm of this team right now every little bit of momentum gets offset by an equal or worse bit of opposite momentum unmomentum dismomentum so i guess to answer your question no i don't i don't feel as good right now i don't i don't feel the same way that i did last year i'm still waiting for that that pivotal moment yeah i mean and i think that that come from behind walk-off win against the diamondbacks you know last week you know maybe to a lot of people felt like oh hey like there it is you know turner ties the game with two outs in the ninth and finally a moment for him and the phillies come back and win and um you know, just, just really were not able to capitalize. And it started that next night, you know, with Nolan not really pitching well. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because here in the stretch here, outside of uh, Dylan Covey, who we can touch on in a little bit, yeah. they're getting better pitching. I mean, like Wheeler's start against yeah. the Braves. Fantastic. I mean, awesome. ace stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, really, 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 really good. Um, Taiwan Walker's last one, better. Ranger Suarez last night was was really good. I mean, Excellent. he got ahead of hitters. He was efficient. Um, you know, he probably didn't miss as many bats as you'd like, but still, nevertheless, it was a big improvement, and they have to feel good about that. Um, Paul, like, I, I, I think I don't want to like make it too simple. Uh-huh. I mean, but I just keep coming back to this, to me, an inconceivable number about these Phillies so far, and that's that, and I've used it in my stories often, like, they – from their one and two hitters, they have a combined 270 on base percentage from the one mm. and two spots in the lineup. And mm. since 1920, which is considered the start of the live ball era in Major League Baseball, uh-huh. that is that is, that stands right now as the fourth worst on base percentage from the top two spots in a lineup in the last 103 years. Mm. I mean, it's inconceivable. The Phillies are making outs at a higher rate from the two spots in the lineup that bat more than any other spots than just about any team in the last 100 years. And when those are the two spots that are getting the most trips to the plate, that's not a recipe for success. Look, I I can't explain it. I don't think any of the players can explain it. I don't think Rob Thompson can explain it. I don't think anybody in the front office can explain it. It's one of those things that just kind of is. And I know that's not comforting to anybody. I know that's not it's not really what you want to hear. You know, it's just like, oh, that, that's just the way it's got to be. You know, you look you look at Turner. I'm just pulling up the splits here. Um, he's got the bulk of the plate appearances from the second spot of the order, 176 of them on base of 284. I mean, that's not what anybody expected coming into this year. And I guess to credit to his credit, Turner's been striking out less. He's still not getting hits to drop as frequently as you want, but he is striking out less. Look, I, I, I don't know how to diagnose that. But I know that that symptom is something that needs to get cleared. If this offense is going to hit the way everybody was expecting it to, the way you kind of need it to, especially when the pitching is not operating at, you know, 100% capacity. Uh, I I don't know what needs to be changed. I, you know, that's something that they're paying the coaches and, and managers to take care of. But until it gets fixed, I don't know if they can get out of this rut. And I think you can call it now a 54 game rut. Yeah, no question. And and right. It's like, it's one thing to diagnose the problem. It's another to come up, you know, with the solution for it. And, and Thompson is a guy who, you know, really doesn't like to shuffle his lineup on a, on a, 
regular basis, and that was a criticism of Joe Girardi, especially early last year. There's just too many flip, you know, flipping around, moving guys around. Guys didn't, you know, like it. They didn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. But even if Rob Thompson wanted to make a switch right now, it's like, okay. I mean, what do you what do you do? Like, yeah, do, do you do? move forward back up to the top? Like, he's one of the few guys who's consistently taking his walks. We're about to enter, you know, June Schwarber here. You know, but he tried Schwarber up there earlier this month, and 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 you know, there was a lot of blowback for it, and and it didn't go great. Like Brandon Marsh, I mean, he's consistently got on base, but I think he's probably better suited batting, you know, in the, in the lower third of the lineup where he's been, where he's had success. Um, it comes back to probably the bigger problem about the Phillies right now is that um, there's not a lot of balance in the lineup, right? You have a lot of talented right. hitters, but they all have similar characteristics. They like to swing. And, and that's yes. okay. Cause like, you don't want to take away guys aggressiveness. I mean, it, it's, it's why Trey Turner and JT Romuto and Nick Castellanos have had success is that, you know, they are prepared to hit on the first pitch and they like to swing. And, and typically when they swing, they, they do damage. Um, you, you would like other guys to balance out that. Right. And, and Schwarber yes. and Harper in a way are, you know, like that. Um, you know, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Like they miss Reese Hoskins a lot. Sure. Um, I mean, Reese was the balance of that, you know, he's a guy who was willing to take pitches and have a long at bat. And Bryson Stott's been doing that. I think he just, I don't, you know, he hasn't gotten on base at, at an elite rate. I mean, he's got a 323 on base right now with a 287 batting average. So, I mean, it's not, it's just, there's not a lot of balance right now. There's a lot of chase, obviously. I mean, we saw, I mean, the Kodai Singa matchup was just a brutal right. one for the Phillies going into it. I was like, this is, I said to, um, Tim Britton, who covers the, the Mets for the athletic, I was like, look, this is, I mean, if he can just throw a, throw that s- splitter for a strike like a couple times early in the game, um, this is a, this is a really bad matchup for the Phillies because then he can right. start throwing it for chase and they're going to chase it. And, you know, the way he sets up that, you know, 97, 98 mile hour fastball up in the zone and plays off the, that splitter, uh, it's a pretty good look. Um, you know, they worked him early in the game. Like they, he threw a lot of pitches in the first few innings, but, um, there just really wasn't wasn't much going on and uh, tough matchup. But I don't know. I mean, Paul. I mean, they're twenty third in runs scored in baseball right now. I, I just I, I look at the, the the pieces and the sum of it has not matched. You know, the quality of the pieces that are in this lineup. And I know I know right. there's issues. Like I know I'm not blind to the fact that um, you know some guys have gotten overexposed. Um, it's not all on Trey Turner, but I think a lot, a lot is. I think a lot is on Trey Turner right now, and that's not to say that this is all his fault. But if he figures it out, I think, uh, I think it will make a huge, huge difference in the fate of this team. Well, sure, you know it ties into so much of what we're talking about here, right? He's the kind of guy you were expecting, either batting first or batting second, whatever the case may be, and he's done both to be the guy to produce in this spots. And instead it's, it's been, as you were just talking about the exact opposite. And it's not as if importing Turner and putting him into the spot is the reason for that. It's like you were just saying, this guy is clearly so much better than the way he's played. And none of us can understand from the outside, what the hell changed to, to make him perform this way right now. Like you can, I, I am searching very hard. I will say, to constantly find silver linings with Turner and recent performance and what could possibly stick out as some kind of sign that he's really about to turn it on. I I keep hammering it home. Like 
all right, this is going to be it. This is going to be the time where he really starts taking off. He's about to rip off a stretch of like hitting 340 for the next month or something because you know that's in him. We have watched him play for other teams for a division rival and just absolutely, you know, scorch the ball for a couple of months at a time. It's right there in his in his history. You can pull up baseball reference and look at it anytime you want. And now we're two months in, two plus months in, basically, if you count the end of March. And we're still waiting for our share of that. If he does have it click, I don't know what he needs to do it. You know, maybe this less striking out a little bit less means something is coming. I would hope so. I usually like looking at that. And if I see somebody making more contact, putting more balls in play, typically the hits are going to come. It's usually how baseball works. Uh, That something's going to change. If he starts performing at the top of the order, great. Hopefully more things follow. I think then you also have to, it's just it's a bunch of worries today. You also have to think about what if June Schwarber doesn't come, you know, like one of the many other things that I uh, see. Out. I think that's going to come. I don't know if it's going to be June sure. Schwarber, you know, like we saw before, but I mean, I, I, I've looked, you know, I, I talked to Schwarber about this the other day. I haven't used a lot of, but I mean, I, I think this guy has been incredibly unlucky so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the underlying numbers suggest that he has been insanely unlucky. And it's funny because when we thought of Schwarber in 2023, we think about a guy who, if he, if he manages to put the ball in play more, uh, he's going to be rewarded because there's no more shift, right? Well, he's got a batting average on balls in play at 168 right now. 168. Which yeah, feels man. really low. I don't know where that is in like the context and like, the history of batting average on balls in play, but it feels really, really low. Like maybe like one of the lowest ever. And so um, he's taken his walks. I'll give him credit there. I mean, like he's been the one guy in the lineup who I feel like uh, if they need to get someone on base and he, he he's up at the plate, you're like, this, he's going to get on base. He's going to find a way to get on base. And I'm saying that about a guy who's hitting 166 right now, which sounds really stupid, but that's, that's what I'm saying. And so, uh, I don't know with Turner, but with Turner, like you mentioned, I just want to say this: like he he struck yeah. out at least once in nine straight games, thirteen oh. strikeouts in nine games, forty yeah. at bats, and in the last uh, five games, he has struck out once. Yep. And you're right; I think the quality of the bats has been better. I thought even like Tuesday night, he hit a couple balls kind of hard to center field. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were better, but every time I think the bats are better. I mean, like he's he's very results driven. Like I've talked to him about this, he he doesn't like. He's like, oh, that ball was hit really hard. It's like that, you know, that that was that was good contact. He, he doesn't care. Like he he wants a hit. Like he'd rather have the hit. So, mm-hmm. um, he's uh, he's definitely in his head. I mean, that's very clear. I think he's oh sure put a lot of pressure on himself to, um, you know, be be the guy. Um, and he doesn't have to be the guy. He has to just be a guy. And uh, he has not been that yet. To circle back to the Schwarber point, I, I pulled it up because yes, one sixty eight seems kind of insane. It is far and away the lowest among qualified hitters in the majors right now like it's not what's the next closest max muncie at 206 oh wow okay that's 40 points that's almost a 40 point spread it's a very interesting top three of schwerber at 168 and i'm just looking at some of these other you know uh numbers alongside of it max muncie at two pete alonzo at three 210 now muncie and alonzo are having pretty big years power department wise like they are they are smoking the ball uh alonzo's leading the majors in home runs 
not hitting for high averages. Obviously, you don't really expect guys to be hitting 350 when their BABIPs are in the low 200s. But if you compare Schwarber to those two guys, Schwarber's got him beat in exit velocity average. You know, he's hitting the ball harder. He's got a, a relative hard hit rate that tops both of those guys. So he's hitting the ball hard more frequently than those two. You're right. He just on balance is getting robbed a lot, uh, which is a shame, you know. And, and I, I mean, that's what you look at. Like you look at the underlying metrics and they say, uh-huh. you know, he's hitting the ball. His hard hit rate is a little down from last year, but also he led the National League in home runs last year. So, I mean, it's yeah. like it's not it's not down significantly. It's still a, you know, rather elite, I think, you know, rate of hard hit contact. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the we know it's in him. We know it's in Schwarber. We know it's in Turner. Harper is performing as we expect him to. Um, the rest. Oh, of hold the- on a second. Hold on a second. I just looked this up. What? His. his this is again because it's not. It hasn't been a full season, so it, uh-huh. you know, take it for what it is. But for qualified hitters, and he's qualified right now since the wild card era, he's got the lowest BABIP by thirty points. <laughs> okay. Since nineteen since nineteen ninety five. The lowest since nineteen ninety five is like one ninety eight. 196 Aaron 196? Hill in 2010 Aaron Hill for, okay. for qualified hitters right qualified for the batting title wow okay I, wow <laughs> let's go further well, back Hold on, well, let's see this how far back do we have to go I mean <laughs> it's it's uh it's the lowest it's the lowest ever right now oh my god I, I love talking about <laughs> I love talking about this team in historical context being how far back do we have to go to find something that was just as bad although I I guess Babip isn't really a bad it, it, it's bad for the player but it's yeah. not necessarily like bad as like they're they're broken kind of th- I don't know how to explain that it's it's not great it's the lowest but, ever but like well all right look Here's the thing. Here's where this discussion kind of turns around now. So we know this. So we look at we look at Kyle Schwarber being historically unlucky. We look at Trey Turner being some strange monstarred Space Jam version of himself at the moment. And you're like, how how much longer? Obviously, you're going to keep waiting it out. These guys aren't going anywhere. You're not trading them. This is not what I'm talking about. How much longer do the Phillies have to wait for them to have it click in? Before they, you know, are really in trouble here and start looking at their their playoff hopes slipping away. I'm not talking about any late July plan. Again, don't take this outside. I'm just trying to think of like when do things start feeling like the walls are closing in that much more? How much more slack do we have to wait for these guys to like really kick it in? You're not going to like the answer to this. Oh, dear. I mean, I think they have all the slack in the world. Look at the league right now. I mean, the National League Mm. is a mess. Well, I, I do like that answer. That's good. That I actually mean, that gives no, me no, no. Because, but I mean, I just think that like I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen like it did last year. I'm not. But what I'm saying is like let's be a realistic guy. Let's be realistic about it. There's six okay. spots in the National League, and right now, uh, the sixth spot is held by the San Francisco Giants. Like I don't know, and like One right now in front of the yeah. One game over 500, and right now in front of the Phillies, between the Giants and the Phillies right now is the Marlins, the Pirates, and the Padres. Um, the Phillies are also tied with the, the Phillies, Padres, and Reds all have the same record. That's not what I expected to say, and also for it to not be four games under 500 <laughs> through right. the way through this season, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. Ben Lively, Reds ace. He oh, no, stop last it. Night. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I don't know. Like, the Braves, you know, like, 
I thought the Phillies should have taken three out of four from the Braves. They ended up yeah. with a series split in Atlanta, which was which was solid. Like it was Fine. a solid series split. Then the Braves go to Oakland and lose two in a row to the A's, the worst team in baseball history. So it's like, what are we? What do we make of this? And what I make of it is that they're not going to be out of it. I mean, they would have to play horrendously bad. The Phillies would to be out of the wild card race. Now, obviously, like the expectation was more like you wanted them yeah. to compete for a division, and that's not to yeah. say that they won't because they're six and a half back, and we don't know. But so the the, the question, the real question we should be asking is how much longer of a leash do they have until we're saying they can't get the division? And that, that for yeah. sure has, has a shorter leash like that. Yes. You know, if you don't kick it into to action here in June, you will not win the division. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, that that's absolutely legit. I mean, look, <laughs> the national league is, is a parody lovers dream right now because the nationals have the worst record in the NL and they're five games back of a wild card spot. Like <laughs> it's, it's anybody's game, baby. This is what this is beautiful. This is mediocrity at its finest. This is tremendous. And even the top teams, like I don't know, the yeah. Dodgers are trotting Noah Syndergaard out there every fifth day, and like yeah. the Braves, God bless them, like they just called up a pitcher, a high school pitcher who was drafted in the seventh round uh, two years ago, who didn't start pitching until like two years ago, and now he's in their bullpen. I mean, he he's apparently very very good, but man, like that is. Um, they're dipping in there. I mean, their bullpen is definitely a problem. I don't know how much of those games you ended up watching, but like uh, their bullpen is a really big problem. I think we're talking about the Braves this time. Yeah. 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 I mean, it helps that the Braves have their own version of somebody being weird and, and not up to snuff in, in AJ Minter. You know, that guy was about as dominant as you could get a couple of years ago. And he's been, you know, underlying numbers. He's been okay you know, good strikeout to walk, but he's just coughing up runs. Um, and, you know, it doesn't really matter when they're able to just throw some of these starting pitchers out there who can throw sub two ERAs like Bryce Elder or whatever. Right. But there's going to be regression there. Is there not? You, or maybe you, not. You, I, don't I don't know. know. The Braves are like this weird mystical <laughs> burial ground team to me where they just bring dudes up who perform for just the right amount of time. And then, you know, whether it's good fortune or what have you, they flip some of them at the right time. They, you know, look at what they did with Pache and Langoliers and, and two other guys for Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, who was always regarded as, as a nice player, a good defensive player who could hit a little bit. Oakland, you know, kind of clouded some of that. But they flipped these guys who made the majors at young ages or were on the doorstep looked like they still had some of that prospect sheen to them turn around get sean murphy sign him to an extension and what does he do but hit like freaking mike piazza all while still playing you know good defense like this is just this is just what the braves do and this is what drives me crazy but i'm not talking about the braves anymore we're talking about the philadelphia phillies they're our team they're our boys there are bulk boys so so <laughs> after facing spencer strider and kodai singa Two nights Ugh. in a row. Are we going to talk about the back of the Phillies rotation now? <laughs> you know what? I mean, it, it, it's going to be a constant theme for as, as long as it remains a constant theme, right? Whether they address it by somebody breaking out, maybe Bailey Falzer gets his head screwed on straight or they make a trade or I don't, I don't know what they're going to do at this point. Um, it's, it's always going to be just this mini vacuum in the rotation. And you know, it's one of those problems again, like we've talked about in previous episodes where it's not unique to this team this year, but this team is still trying to compete and you're going to need 
a more complete rotation to get you through the regular season and into the playoffs. Once the playoffs come along, all right, yeah, fine. SP5, see you later. But you have to get there, and you need a fifth starter to get you there. It's like um, it's like when you're launching a rocket into space, right? You have you have multiple stages. You have you have your boosters, you have your main engines, and you know astrophysicists out there, please forgive me for not knowing you know the right terminology and, and process here. But as you ascend through the different levels of the atmosphere and the stratosphere, you shed those layers so that you can more ably maneuver. Once you clear gravity and that is the play, the playoffs are outer space and the fifth starter is the rocket that helps get you out there. And then you shed it and you're like, okay, we're in the playoffs now. We don't need you as much. You have a different role. I love that metaphor. I just came up with that. On I, I thought that was like I'm, a long, I thought it was a long buildup to like an Elon Musk joke or something. No, ew, no, he he's no. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, the Phillies need that rocket. They need that engine to perform better than it has, or they're just not, they're just not going to get there. They're not going to clear gravity. And I don't know what the fix is right now. And they're probably not going to do anything about it externally. I wouldn't think until next month, next month being July, maybe they make something a little bit earlier. I don't know. I think we're looking at another month of trying to maneuver this and it's just kind of grin and bear it. Maybe Matt Strom goes back in there for another couple, two or three inning starts Maybe I'm sure Falter is going to come back up at some point. Dylan Covey, uh, I don't know. Give him another, give him another look. He had a good debut, so you know at least there's that to work off of for another appearance or two. I don't know. I, I think that's just kind of reality right now with SP5. A am am yeah, I missing I, something? No, I would say I would add this. I would say that yes, it's not a problem exclusive to the Phillies, but their problems have been acute here. I mean, yeah. it needs to be better and, yeah. and it's not going to be, it's not like you're going to have a great solution for it, but whatever the solution is, this has got to be better. I mean, like you count yeah. the games pitched by Falter and Kobe and they're one and nine in those games. And it's not solely because of the fifth starter. Uh, I'm, I'm fully aware of that, you know, Falter didn't have the greatest run support in a lot of his starts, but um, you just gotta, it's gotta be better than one and nine. I mean, it's like, three and seven like that's okay it's like one and yeah. nine it's not good this is not good it's got to be better and I, I i paul like i'm i'm mildly surprised that kobe's still on the roster like i, I was me too you know fairly certain that he was going to get dfa'd uh and they would just bring up a reliever uh for this week and then you know just kind of go from there on saturday and maybe they look at it as like they're going to face the nats who are as you mentioned quite pesky um they probably are like the you know like the worst slugging team in in modern baseball this year they have they're i think they lead the majors in batting average they are last in home runs mm. um maybe they're like we can you know use kobe uh, in some sort of bulk role like uh you know and, and just try to get by one more time against the nationals um if they massage the rotation a little bit I do think they can line it up so that the fifth spot then comes up again against Arizona and then Oakland, um, which is which is not a bad way to do it. Um, although, as we just saw, the A's are um, a dynamo. Now they've won two in a row against the Braves. <laughs> They're on a roll, baby. Um, you know, there's some off days. Like the, the All-Star break. I mean, I, I look at this as, like, they're trying to – Band-Aid this thing for two months. Sure. June and July. Mm -hmm. 
And to do that, it's going to be a combination of bullpen games, skipped spot, um, rearranging, uh, and it's not great, but I don't think they have a better solution. Well, that's, that's, that's fair. I mean, you know, I'm, we'll talk about this more as July approaches. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of trade speculation one way or another, depending on how this next month goes. Um, so we'll leave that for another time. But it sure feels like the team at least feels as though they have internal options they can keep cycling through. And maybe they have the, the, you know, the do they? Do well, they? well, I'm not saying it's quality. I'm just saying it's enough to get them into July, right? And maybe they can have, you know, that moment where they dip into the waiver wire and pick up somebody like a Covey. Covey? Covey? Um, Covey. The Covey. Covey. Um, Covey, by the way, who now owns the worst ERA of any pitcher with 250 career innings since World War II. Wow, really? <laughs> Your reaction to that is just perfect. I mean, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, he has a six point six ERA in his life. In his life, right, his career, and he's got you know two hundred seventy something innings. And, and and do you want to know who the previous record holder was? I don't know if you'll remember this guy. He's not not a former Philly or anything, but he's like a nineties guy. And I'm sure you remember this name. You remember I, I probably might because I was gonna I was gonna say Sean O'Sullivan, but mercifully, no, I, think no, I don't think I don't think he got that many innings. Now, yeah. um, Ken Cloud. Do you remember Ken Cloud? Oh, no, actually, I don't. He pitched for the Mariners for a bunch of years. You know what? Sean O'Sullivan had 323 innings in the majors, but only a 601 ERA. Only. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Sean. Come back and pitch an inning and get it under six. He's only 35. See? Uh, He's he's, uh, six months younger than me. (laughs) He should try to come back. Just watch the net. Watch the neck. Yeah, right. Oh, jeez. Um, I think it's easier to live with the fifth starter thing for if you're any team. If you have the rest of the rotation picking up the slack more frequently, you know, th- that's yes. sort of like an adage. And I'm just, I'm looking at like, it's funny, you know, Tywin Walker has been up and down. We'll put it that way. He's getting a little less than five runs of support for, you know, every 27 outs. And the team is seven and four in his starts. He is having, yep. you would say, a worse year than Aaron Nola. Um, you know, some For people sure. you ask might disagree yeah. with that. No, he is. They're the he is. Um, and the Phillies have a losing record in Aaron Nola starts, despite Nola getting over six runs of support for 27 outs. I mean, that we're having a bit of carry from a 14 run and a 12 run outburst. Right. His starts, but like that's kind of the weird stuff that's happening in the rotation right now. Where first and foremost, uh, Walker's getting bailed out a little bit, Nola not quite as much. But secondly, and I'm going to segue into a, 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 an adjacent topic here because it's important, and I think we need to check back in on it because it's been a couple of months now. Nola is, you may remember, a pending free agent, uh, and this this down year, this kind of weird performance out of him, he's not throwing as hard. The strikeouts are way down from his previous couple of years he's giving up more home runs the overall balance strikeouts to walks is still fine it's less than what he did he's clearly hit something of a speed bump um but he is important and he's pitching innings he's he's in the top 20 in the league in innings right now which again is important especially with overall starting pitching being kind of a mess right now has this 
start to his year, one third of the way, 11 starts into a 30 to 32 start year. So a third of the way through has this start to his year affected the outlook of his retention come this winter at all? Has that moved the needle? Has anything changed there? I don't know. Not yet. You know, I I mean, I think, yeah, I guess you need to see more. I don't know. Like, cause he's, his last start was, I thought really disappointing. You know, three home runs. First time he's given up three home runs in a long, long time. Um, and, 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 and as I mentioned earlier, it was like kind of a, you know, kind of a momentum swing kind of thing. It's like, you won that big game the day before you're like, you got your guy in the mound. It's like, you know, Hey, like, let's kind of see if we can get this thing going. And, Mm -hmm. uh, he took, he took a lot of, he took a lot of air out of the sails there. And I think, um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's so weird to me about him, Nola in particular, because he has in equal measure, maybe even tilting more toward the positive, these really big starts, like he'll come through and then he'll have, yeah, like starts like he had in Atlanta where he just, he doesn't, where there's a chance to really kind of push forward a little bit. And then it just go, you know, that's <laughs> just, I don't know a better way to describe it. Like on yeah. balance, this is a really good picture. And I keep going back to that. I'm like, look at his numbers at the end of the year. They're all there. He's he's doing, you know, great stuff in the top tier of pitchers in this league. And then you break it down by game and a division game on the weekend, trying to pick up a little bit of, of steam. And it just it just falls flat. And like, ironically, to continue the paradox, he had his most swinging strikes in that game of any start this year by a lot. I like, I just I, I don't. He had that one inning where he just he ran through everybody on swinging strikes. And it's just I I I get it. I get the frustration people have with him, even though it. I still think he's important for the future, you know, obviously this year, like he, I would like for the Aaron Ola of last year to make a bit of a, a reappearance. But, yeah, I, I'm with you in that I, I, I'm a little less confident in what I've seen of him this year. I, I mean, the strikeouts are down and the home yeah. runs are up. And that's that's where you start to get worried. It's not about, uh, you know, you can break it down to a granular level. But globally, if you look at it, like those are two things that a pitcher, and especially a pitcher like Nola, has controlled before. He's been an elite strikeout mm-hmm. pitcher, and he's been really good at keeping the ball in the ballpark in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's way up. I mean, his his strikeout rate is just cratered this year. Yeah, it, it's it's really something to look at. I mean, you put that hand in hand with throwing a little bit softer and I don't know, man, I'm definitely a little bit shakier in my conviction than I was at the start of the year. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, right now he's running career highs and home run rate and career low and strikeout, right? Not what you want in a walk year. Mm -mm. No, no. And his highest walk rate since 2020, which really doesn't count his highest walk rate since 2019. So. So, okay, that's fine. Whatever the Phillies have two more against the Phillies have two more against the Mets here in the middle of the week, and then they go visit the Nationals for the first time. Who and now that you've pointed this out, the leading, the leading in average and being last in home run. I'm I'm so I am so convinced that something infuriating is going to happen in at least one of these games now with just like bloops and bleeding. It's going to be like a Giants East series. 
I'm now preemptively mad about that. So great. I'm feeling so good. I'm so wound up about this team right now. Uh, and then they have the Tigers at home. The no, Matt Veerling. He's uh, on the I IL. I know. I know. Hopefully he it, makes a trip because I do. I know that they had planned um, to give up both those guys their rings like before one of those games. Um, so I'm looking at their numbers though right now. Not good. No, and here's hoping, hoping Nick Mayton is optioned before that series. Like he might get sent down the way he's playing. My gosh. It's not good. That's no, a shame. It's not good. Yeah. I love them both. I wish them success. I hope they turn it around. Cody anyway. Clemens has been all right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Detroit. And Greg Soto has still been good. I mean, look, the, a third of the way through the year, the Phillies won the trade. Um, <laughs> There's your consolation for today. Yeah. Hooray. Anyway. Yeah. I, look, it, it's a team with problems and no obvious solutions at the moment. The, the, the solution is play better. The solution is your best players need to play better. That's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it right now. It's, it's pretty simple, but also very complex. Play better. Uh, and don't be 25 and 29 again next year, just as a, a footnote for next May or June. Uh, all right. Yeah, th- that's basically that. The Phillies got to play better, and hopefully they, they claw their way back and take a little bit of a bite out of the Mets here and, and don't let the Nationals, you know, paper cut them to death and we'll see what happens you know you got to start making up ground here it's june it's time to kick it in it's time to to you know play with the big boys here and try and separate yourself from the the morass of mediocrity that is the national league right now and and get yourself into better position as july you know starts creeping up um that's that's basically all there is to it matt before we before we part before we uh go our separate ways here what have you got up on the athletic recently that people should be uh, people should go and check out? I mean, I don't know. Does anyone want to read anything about this team right now? I do. I always do. I always want to read your pieces. I mean, I've just been trying to capture what's happening and, and not well, <laughs> I would say. This uh, is always like a tough time of year. Uh, I don't know. Like, cause, yeah. cause you can't, I don't know. you you toe that line where right, of like trying not to read too much and everything, but it's also, you know, like, it's a third of the way through already. And so, you know, there has to be some judgments here and some evaluations, but, um, you know, I wrote, I wrote a little bit, but I think what Alec Bohm has done bouncing third and first has been pretty impressive. And he's going to give them some options for when Bryce Harper does get to first base, which is probably closer to the all-star break now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote a little bit about that in, in a recent, uh, notes column. And I also talked to, um, I thought it was interesting. So I talked to, Triple A and Coach Joe Thurston about a couple guys down Triple A um, who I think have been having some interesting starts to their years. Simone Muziotti and mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Ortiz, who's DFA'd ever since, it's just uh, crushed the ball. So uh, you can go read about that, and you can go read about uh, the mediocre Phillies. Wait, I'm sorry did did you just say 2006 Phillies legend Joe Thurston is the Triple A coach? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Oh, that's good. All right. We'll, let, we'll end good. on a happy note there. That's nice. Oh, awesome. Um, great. So thank you for that. Go read Matt's stuff at The Athletic, as always. Um, this was good. It's good to be back. Uh, it's a shame the Phillies haven't uh, reciprocated in kind. But maybe by this time next week, they'll be giving us more reasons to think that they're back, only to dash them boy i'm in a really good headspace about this team right now aren't i uh <laughs> for matt i'm paul uh, another week down let's get through it <laughs>